Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Friday, September 11th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. Welcome to Rocket City Lift. I'm Brett Goodman, and I'm Tara Bulger. We come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. Today we're talking with the Reverend Emily Wright, senior pastor at Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church in Austin, Texas. But before we get to her, let's begin with a prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, take our faith and teach it to grow. Take our mustard seed and find that it is enough to grow closer to you. We ask this in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. Our scripture passage comes from the book of Joshua, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Please listen for a word from God. Early in the morning, Joshua rose and set out from Shittim with all the Israelites, and they came to the Jordan. They camped there before crossing over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priest, then you shall set out from your place. Follow it, so that you may know the way you should go, for you have not passed this way before. Yet there shall be space between you and it, a distance of about 2,000 cubits. Do not come any nearer to it. Then Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. To the priests, Joshua said, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on in front of the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went in front of the people. The Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, so that they may know that I will be with you as I was with Moses. You are the one who shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, When you come to the water's edge of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Joshua then said to the Israelites, Draw near and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, By this you shall know that among you is the living God who who without fail will drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is going to pass before you into the Jordan. So now select twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. When the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan flowing from above shall be cut off. They shall stand still in a single heap. When the people set out from their tents to cross the Jordan, the priests bearing the ark of the covenant were in front of the people. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. So when those who bore the ark had come to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the ark were dipped into the edge of the water, the waters flowing from above stood still, rising up in a single heap far off at Adam, the city that is beside Zarethan. While those flowing toward the sea of Arabah, the Dead Sea, were wholly cut off. Then the people crossed over opposite Jericho. While all Israel were crossing over dry ground, the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan until the entire nation finished crossing over the Jordan. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. 
Welcome, Emily. I'm so glad you are here with us. You are just an incredibly gifted preacher and person. Um, and I'm always on the lookout for people who give me hope, and you're one of those. So I'm really glad you're talking with us today. You mentioned that the Joshua text was one of your favorites. What do you like so much about it? So now I think that there are several things that I love about it. I've used it at several ordination services of other people. Uh -huh. And so it, I have some nostalgia attached to it at this point. I have nostalgia attached to it because I always loved this passage. And so we named our youngest child, Eli I mean, our middle child, Riley Joshua. Aww. But I think it, this was one of those texts early on in my 20s where I had a big aha reading it. I, it, I discovered something new. Yeah. And so that's a lot of new things. I discovered something new. And so that's why... I'm always drawn back to it. It was one of those texts that really taught me a lot about how to do life. Do you mind sharing kind of no, what that aha moment no. was? It was that the leaders of the people that they didn't get to cross into the land first. Yeah. And I, I know God has gifted me with leadership qualities and I, I but I like to be first. Um, <laughs> And this call to, you're going to have to be the first one to do the really daring thing of putting your feet in, into a river that is at flood stage. Mm -hmm. But then you have to go stand in the middle while everybody else passes you by. Yeah. And what does that look like as a leader to be a, be a servant leader? Yeah. And that that's really was the transformative part. That's funny. This is the same principle that my grandfather was a paratrooper in the Second World War, and his general felt that he should be the last person to eat and the first person out the doors of the plane, because that's mm. what leadership was, right? He needed to take the biggest risk. And But you're right. It's, it's really hard. I, I think for me, I love that God doesn't present Joshua or the people with this long story of what's going to happen, right? God's not... Let me... It's just one step at a time, go to mm. the banks, one step at a time, follow me, the Ark of the Covenant, and I will get you where you need to go. And I like control. <laughs> so yes. I like to know what's going to happen. Yeah. So I, I like that idea of kind of a one step at a time faith. Um, how do you kind of in your daily life, how do you listen for God's leading? So if, I, if I'm going to relate it back to this passage, which I believe you want me to do, <laughs> I, am, uh, I do better with a herd. And the more I've discovered this passage, I realize not, not one of the priests was alone. Yeah. The priests all went together to the middle. Or if, if the Israelite, it says it is the whole nation of Israel crossed over. And so the way that I get through my daily life is, with other, is knowing that I have other people doing it with me. Yeah. Um, I like working out with other people. I like eating and cooking with other people. I am an, I am a person who is, gets energy from other people. And like you said, even at the beginning about your relationship with me, my relationship with you is that I love to learn from other people and constantly be seeking out ways to deepen my understanding of who I am, who is God and how are we supposed to be within our world. And so a daily practice for me would be to be in community. 
literally to nurture friendships, friendships that are friendships where I know that the other person is on this track of trying to become a deeper follower of Jesus. Yeah. So that's, that's a big part of. It is a big part. And I'll tell you, that's one of the reasons why this COVID time has been so hard because I miss being around people. I mean, mm. just, you know, going to a coffee shop and sitting among people was big for me. I love that, but you're right. It is also about, right. The community that builds me up in faith. Um, I sometimes think that's hard for pastors to find. I found it in our preaching group for sure. And I have a couple of friendships that, that really are that for me. Um, but I do feel like the older I get, the friendships are fewer, but the ones I have are deeper. Mm. Yeah. So anything else about Joshua or what were you going to add? I interrupted. No, I was just going to say during COVID, I feel like that my marriage has really been strengthened Mm. because especially during those early months when we were so isolated. Yeah. And I said to Charlie, a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know, I'm so grateful that you and I are so much closer, but I do feel like it's been at the expense of not keeping up other relationships. Yeah. I shouldn't say at the expense, but what I've come to realize is if you want to have a very close relationship with your spouse, it limits the number of relationships you can have outside of that. Yeah. That's just time-wise, yeah. literally time-wise. Yeah. And then if you factor in children, right, that time gets smaller and smaller. Yeah, I don't want to be friends with my kids. So, you know, that actually helps. And they definitely don't want to be friends with me. Yeah, I think I just meant the time it takes to raise them. (laughs) Absolutely. Anything else you want to point out about the Joshua passage that you might have been thinking of? Oh, yeah, there's so many other things. Um, One of the other questions you asked was about, you know, needing to know the steps. Yeah. Um, And I always think about who was that first priest who put his foot in the water. And it says, as soon as the the tip of the priest's foot went in, immediately it went up on both sides. And then it says that they walked to the middle, but then they turn back and they tell the nation of Israel, it's now it's time to cross. So who was the first person to step into the dry riverbank? Because there would have been this thought of, well, obviously it would have worked for the priests. They're the holy people. Yeah. And I I think I sometimes feel as a minister feeling like I'm saying it's safe out here. Yeah. Like this is actually the safest place to be, even though following Jesus is going to put you at some risk. It's going to put you against at the risk of knowing that if you're on the, the front lines of trying to expand the kingdom by sharing the gospel, that there is an enemy who really wants you to fail. Yeah. But the reward and the contentment and the abundance that can come in this life far outweighs the risk. But I just wanted to tell you the picture, the image I often get when I think about that shoreline mm-hmm. is that it had to have been a kid. Yeah, because they run out. Fiercely. They run out. It oh, had to have beautiful. been a kid that went out first and then and like holding onto his sister's hand or yeah. a girl holding onto her brother's hand that it, I, I just could bet that it was children yes, that went out you know, first. And I also think it was a generation ago that the waters were parted of the Red Sea. 
for them to escape Egypt. But I would put money on the fact that there are people who are like, it can't happen. God can't do this. I am too afraid. And I love that faith like a child that just rushes Mm -hmm. in. That's a really great image. I do think as a pastor, um, part of our calling, you're right, is to just say, come on in. Uh, It's safe out here. Not because we are, you know, theologically brighter than everyone or whatever, but just because we're always trying, we're trying to be just a few feet ahead so that we can ease people's way into a greater, deeper faith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also like, you know, my old Testament professor used to say, whenever you read about water, um, think about chaos. And I think about all of those times when there was something dark and scary and chaotic that I thought I would never get through. And then I get there and one step at a time, right. I make my way through it, but Mm. I still doubt. Isn't that crazy? Not as much maybe. I don't think that's crazy. I think that that's, Humanity, and I also think that as a leader in a leader of faith, that we are exposed to more of people's story than the average person. Yes, and so I think that it can lead into a little bit of a pessimistic viewpoint. Hmm. Um, so as you know, I, I had this my middle youngest son started drinking tons of water recently and going to the bathroom a lot. Well, because I've walked with families through having childhood diabetes, I immediately diagnosed him as having diabetes. And uh, the lady was, the pediatrician was like, he's not even close. It's not in your family history. Like, are you sure you want to do this test? And I was like, yes, I want to do it. And that was because of this burden, not burden, privilege, burden, privilege. And, And, and so I think that, picture myself, I would have been like, okay, I'll take a step. But what's most likely to happen is that something bad is about to happen. So I do doubt Mm -hmm. because of knowing that there is a time part of being human is, is dealing with this struggle and dealing with, with grief and dealing with pain. Um, That's not part of being a believer doesn't take that away from you. Yeah. You don't like get a hall pass. No, suffering. no. But I do hope over the course of my life, there's an arc of the fear gets smaller and smaller and I am quicker to trust. Mm. I think that's the best I can hope for. Yes. Emily, thank you so much for talking to me. Yes. It was wonderful to hear what you had to say. Thank you. You're welcome. Friends, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you for joining us today. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is upon you. Amen. Amen.